And now, here's our Newsbreak film critic, Rahim Abdul Mohammed. Rahim. <laughs> thank you, Brian Don Murray. And thank you for that warm round of applause. You know, <laughs> I'm Rahim Abdul Mohammed, and as you can pretty well imagine, I spend a hell of a lot of time in dark rooms watching movies. And it seems like about 90% of the movies that I see these days is horror films, right? So my days is filled with a lot of hacking and chopping and blood spurting and knives getting shoved in people's eyeballs, right? And heads getting sliced off with chainsaws. And I've been noticing something at the theater lately. Most of the audience that go to see the movies is black people, brothers now. And I ask myself, I say, Raheem, how come so many brothers go to see the movies? Because the movies can't be no more scary than their own neighborhoods. <laughs> so I'll tell you why we go to see the movies. We go to see the movies because it's funny to see rich white people get killed. <laughs> Think about the movies. Who, who buys haunted houses, right? The rich white people buy a haunted house. Now, black people can't even afford no house. And if they could afford a house, they wouldn't buy one that was haunted, right? So to be perfectly honest, it's pretty funny to see white people in them houses getting their skulls caved in or they get crushed or something. <laughs> <laughs> People never get hurt in them movies, man. Take like them college movies like Death Train and Friday the 13th. Who getting killed in the movies, the college movies? Who getting decapitated with meat cleavers? Who's getting dismembered with a Tommy Hawk? Who's getting their face melted with a blowtorch? Rich white people that have lots of simulated sex. You never see no nigga, no Puerto Rican getting hurt in that movie, and that's why we like him. I'm Raheem Abdul Muhammad. <laughs> Once again, to the Synth Beef Podcast, and happy Halloween, happy National Cat Day, and all that good stuff today on this day of recording. It's National Cat Day? It is National Cat Day. I didn't know. She's so happy now, see? That, that's Jamie. How you doing, Jamie? I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> that's good. And with us is Brian Sammons. How you doing, sir? Every day is National Cat Day over here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, X is, um, hanging out with the fam tonight, because uh, his anniversary's in a couple days, so he's not here tonight. So we, we are, uh, we are blessed by the, by the great Brian Sammons to be here. And I'll, well, uh, thank you for the Oh, for sure, man. How are you? Uh, well, I'll probably get into it later, uh, when we come to our beefs. Well, that's but fine, other man. than that, other than that, as of right now, knock on wood and throw salt over my shoulder and everything else. I'm doing okay. Jays are pretty docile during the beef segment as of late, you know, and other people enjoy that or not, but you know, I I I am happy she's happy, but you know. But um we're gonna do it now and say, Brian, what you been watching, sir? Okay, um well I guess first we've been doing our Halloween special, our own private Halloween movie marathon. 
Uh, we do this every year for the first 30 days of October, because on Halloween night we have a set selection of movies we watch all the time. But uh, what we do for our, our previous 30 days is we always make a theme for the marathon. Um, last one was, what was the last one? Best Halloween ever. And then before that was Halloween all month long, where every movie we watched had to deal with Halloween. Uh, this time it's the passport to Halloween, which is uh, international foreign films, uh, at least foreign to the U.S. And every night we pick one, we trade off, uh, off and on, and seeing a lot of good movies that we haven't watched for a while, or in some cases, we've never seen. So, uh, having lots of fun with that. Um, highlights include uh, Dead Snow, uh, High Tension, um, Deep Red, Zombie, and on and on it goes. Well, today is was The Devil's Backbone. Oh, yes. So, uh, we're almost done with that, but uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, what else? We've started watching a new show that's on Amazon Prime. It's one of their originals, and it's called Lore. It's based off a podcast also called Lore. Um, the idea behind that is the guy who has the podcast, every episode he'll tell you about one strange supernatural thing. Uh, it could be ghosts. One episode, vampires the next, dolls, burials, um, a whole bunch of different topics. And what I like about them is they're really well-researched, and they're uh, fun and informative. And I know quite a bit about this weird, strange stuff, because that's always fascinated me. But I usually learn something new with uh, every episode. Uh, case in point, when we watched Lore on Amazon, they were talking about burials and uh, premature burials. And the term saved by the bell, well, everybody relates that to, like, maybe school. But it actually comes from the 1890s when there was kind of a rash of people being buried alive. Wow. Yeah. Now, it still didn't happen all that much, but it did happen occasionally because back then they really didn't have the best uh, medical sciences to determine when somebody's dead or alive uh so a little cottage industry started up where people would make special coffins that had like panic buttons um some would like if you woke up in a coffin and you weren't dead there would be a button or a lever you could pull and like a flag would come up or in the case of th this particular coffin, a bell would ring. And then you would literally be saved by the bell. <laughs> wow. So, uh, stuff like that. I don't know. I always find that interesting. Um, I'm, not, I'm, I, not, I'm not dead. I'm just getting that real good sleep, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They also, that you could do an entire show just on those specialized coffins. Because they had coffins that had air pipes in them. Yeah. Um, I mean, people were really paranoid about this. And this is another thing that was from that time period were waiting mortuaries, where yeah. if you thought someone had died, you would take them to the waiting mortuary, 
where basically they would stay until the body started to rot. Because then once the body started to rot, then you know, you knew that they were actually dead. So I didn't know about that either. I mean, basically, it's just a building with dead bodies, you know, sitting around waiting to rot. Who, who had that job? Sniffing corpses all right? the place. Like, yep, this one smells about ripe. Yeah, apparently the fancier establishments had flowers all over to attempt to mask the smell. But that's just gross. Yeah. I mean, that's a nasty job. And he goes through all the ways they would check for you to be dead, like a, a needle under your fingernails, um, slicing your the bottom of your feet, uh, sticking a pencil up your nose. I mean... All these ways to, oh, he ain't moving. I guess he's dead. You know, which is really kind of horrible because depending upon how deep you are into what you're into, you might be able to feel what they're yeah. doing, but you might not be able to react. I mean, that's just horrific. Uh, I just would rather go to the waiting mortuary. <laughs> you know? so, so, the good old days. So what you're saying is if I fall asleep, don't use my ninja focus to not feel pain or anything, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you go a bit too deep into that, you can have some trouble. That'd be a bad. That'd be a bad move, there, man. But uh, so, anyways, if uh, you can check out lore, uh, the show, it's on Amazon Prime. I do recommend it. Or and or check out the podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, we've seen the Babysitter. That's a new movie that came out to Netflix. I tell you, everybody has their own little streaming site now, and everybody does their own unique originals. Uh, The Babysitter is an original to Netflix, and I really liked it. And then it surprised the hell out of me when at the end, I wasn't paying attention during the beginning credits. At the end, I saw it was directed by Mick G, and I usually hate, with a capital hate, everything he does. But... This time around, it was a lot of fun. Um, kid gets a babysitter, and then things aren't exactly what they seem. It's kind of a coming-in-age story. It's a little bit of a romantic uh, screwball comedy, and elements of horror and slasherdom are also in there. But uh, I highly recommend it. I liked it. I, I watched it as well. I dug it as well. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. They didn't stray away from the gore or nothing, so that was... Uh... It's, it's enough for you, you horror fans out there to enjoy. Yeah, there's enough nods and winks um, where if you are a big horror fan, you should love this film. I can't imagine anyone not, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, and the last one I'll go on about is we saw Happy Death Day. And, and that movie was a lot of fun. Uh, that's the one that's like Groundhog's Day except Slasher Killer. So with the uh, mask, right? The, like the chair mask or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It's a baby mask, mm-hmm. which is really strange because I guess that's this movie's... This movie is set at a college, and a baby is the college mascot. And I remember going, who the hell would... Ha- yeah, go babies! <laughs> We're the fighting ba- babies! But whatever. Um, in short, this girl, she wakes up on her birthday. She's kind of a snotty little princess chick uh, doesn't really care about anyone she's very self-centered she goes out and she gets killed by someone in a baby mask as soon as the killing blow is struck boom she wakes up again it's her it's her birthday again so just like groundhog day she 
has to keep repeating the same day over and over, except here she keeps getting killed in different ways until she has to until she can figure out who's killing her and why. Um, it's a it's a neat idea and it is a lot of fun. They played it safe and went for the PG thirteen rating, and that bugs me when it's not warranted. It wasn't too egregious here, but come on, you're talking about a slasher film. A little bit of blood and gore and maybe some boobies would have been a nice thing. But uh, I didn't hate it because it was toned down. If anything, that is the one misstep I think it makes. But that said, I still really like the movie. Cool. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing a lot of folks, uh, well, it's about 70-30, 70% like this, 30% are got a lot of problems with it, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean... I'll, I'll take the 70%. Well, this, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with this type of film, you essentially got to turn your brain off because, you know, people are like, oh, there's plot holes. Well, no kidding. It's about a day that keeps going back and back and back and back. I mean, you can always pick those movies apart if you're looking for logic. But the very the very concept, the very idea flies in the face of logic. So if you can't let that go, then don't see this film. Nice. Uh, Jamie? Well, I mean... We usually watch the same stuff. <laughs> he said that's he said that's all he'll say. So I figured you you had some stuff to add or something, you know. Uh, um, is there anything that we? Um, I know we watched uh, Night of the Demons one and two. Oh yeah. Um, that was a first watch for you for Night of the Demons two, correct? Yes, it was. Two's fun. It was. I liked it. When that when that girl's boobs turns the hands, chokes that dude. I think that it's was amazing. Great. The effects were really good. Yeah. Uh, we watched Demon Wind. Oh yeah. How's that? that how's one, that a rewatch? Well, actually, that was a first time watch for me. Somehow, I I remember as a wee one, always seeing the video cassette. Um, not that wee. Not that wee, because it's like nineteen ninety, I think. Okay, as a high school kid. I remember seeing the VHS tape in, like, every video store I ever went to, but I never pulled the trigger on it. Uh, it just came out on Blu-ray. I got it for review, and somebody... I've had various people tell me it's good. <laughs> it's not really good. It's far from good, but it's fun. I did have fun with it. It's kind of stupid. Um, it's not well-made, but uh, I don't know. Something about it, I think it had a charm that I... Just tickled me. Cool. Okay. <laughs> the, the reason why I asked Jamie, you know, for sure, is because there, there's times where she says, I, I watched the movie by myself because, you know, Brian didn't want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, know. true. <laughs> it's, I haven't been doing that lately, though. Well, she hasn't had to because of you, so... Uh, don't blame me. No, he's talking about when, like, I'd come home from work and I couldn't sleep yeah, and I, I would watch movies. But I haven't been really doing that lately. I've been coming home and sleeping so no, no no short bus movies this time around <laughs> no uh, there haven't been any new episodes yeah that's the uh, first star crash but uh, i mean i think they're on hiatus right that. now actually i think so. i think they're on hiatus right now i think uh, right now i think i don't know for sure talk to ricky he knows i'm sure <laughs> yeah oh boy anything else girly i don't think so i think that's probably it or close to it, anyway. Fair enough. Uh, I guess the biggest thing I watched is, uh, you say you're not going to do this, but I ran through all Stranger Things in like a day and a half between work and home. Wow. And 
that was decent. You know, I, I'm not gonna like you know jump jump in the air like most folks do, but I, I enjoyed what I saw. I, I enjoyed the same characters and some of the new characters they added. One doesn't make it, not the one you think, because Paul Rogers is in this program. But you know, mm-hmm. I got I got a little I got a little sad when that guy went away. So I really want to get into that. I actually uh, forgot it came out until I think it was just today or yesterday. It was, I was like, oh my god, this came out already. So we're going to pick a day where we actually have some time, which is hard to do. But uh, I definitely want to stream through that. Yeah, I love the first season. I will go crazy deep into it, but if you guys you would like to have me on Evil Episodes one day to discuss this, I'll, I will gladly come on, Jamie. But um, Oh, you're it, more than welcome anytime. I know you guys I'd be going like deep discussion about, about the show, I'm sure, on Evil Episodes when that, when that episode drops. Um... This is good. The, like I said, the characters you like are good. I really like Steve this time around. The the guy with the the nails on his bat going crazy. He's kind of has a hero factor in this season. And they got a new redheaded girl to I guess to fill the the, the girl void in the show. But Eleven doesn't go away. That's the only spoiler I'll really give you that she's still on the show. And uh, okay. So uh, go watch Stranger Things season two. I think you guys will enjoy it as much as I did. And I don't. I don't sound overly enthusiastic, but I. I, I enjoyed. I, I stuck with it for nine hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many do they have? Nine episodes, or is it more than that? It's nine episodes and like a behind the scenes, like a okay. featurette thing, like a cool. round, round table interview or something with some cast members. You know, another thing I saw that Netflix. I tell you, I love Netflix. They are just killing it with uh, original things, but. Uh, Something that I'm curious about in kind of a dreading, scared kind of way is I saw that Netflix picked up the show Slashers and they gave it a second season. Well, according, uh, to, Dan, according to Dan Chase, season two wasn't very good, so I don't well, know. Well, I'm not surprised because I wasn't a big fan of the first season, but uh, I was going to give them a chance to win me over. But yeah, I've been hearing the second season is even worse than the first, and... Wow, that bar was already pretty low. Yeah, I think the next thing I want to watch on Netflix is that that nineteen twenty two thing. I heard that's pretty good. Um, the the other Stephen King adaptations on there right now. Yeah, I again they're just killing. Hell, next month they got a uh, The Punisher, which I'm going to be all over. Yeah. Um, the month after that, I think they have they have a a really cool sounding idea. It's like uh, Will Smith. He's a cop in L.A. Uh, his partner is an orc, and it's this big mashup of the modern day real world plus with like fairy tales and magic or something like that. Uh, it sounds really cool. I'm looking I don't forward wa- to it. I don't watch any previews, but it felt like a real just for the for the description. It felt like a real alienation vibe to it. But, well, you know exactly. Yeah, you know he's gonna learn that orcs are people too, and you know they're gonna have to overcome their differences to solve the case. But uh, I like Daily Nation, so... Oh, yeah, I watched, I watched it, too. Um, what else? I watched the, the Arrow version of Children of the Corn, the, the the new Blu-ray. Nice, so did I. It looked, it looked really good, and I was happy about that, because I love that dumb movie. I, I love its dumb sequels, too. That That's a series I would tackle, and, you know... Big, big, big you know, I'd be willing to do that series. I would be willing... Not to watch it again. <laughs> you know, some of oh, those, those are some of them are different enough for you to enjoy, though. I think. You know? Oh God! 
I've seen not all of them. I think I tapped out around five or so. But, uh, oh, all the ones I did see. Now, granted, it's only been once, and this is many years ago. Maybe I'd give it a second chance. But I remember those movies being painful. One of my favorite gags in the second one, though, where he's got that that wooden totem. He's just he's just carving into that thing in the church, and that guy's just bleeding all over the place. You know, that's a that that's a, that's like the that's like comfort food, like like the like the Easter Bunny scene in Critters too. You know, <laughs> you know, Peter Horton when he eats shit in the first one when he's running from the kids, and he wipes out that is the most hilarious thing. I <laughs> I love that scene so much. I always laugh out loud. I rewind it and watch it again. Just to, I could watch that on loop. Just a just a <laughs> It's funny when he was when he was on Spengooly years and years ago, he does uh Sven Surround, which is basically him taking scenes from the movie and adding like sound effects and different voices to them. Well, that was one of the scenes that they picked was him wiping out in, in the barn and adding, like, clangs and sound effects to it and stuff, you know? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, there's other stuff. I've been catching up on a lot of TV. I'm all caught up on Supernatural. Speaking of McGee, I, I've stuck with those Winchester boys for 13 seasons now, so... It, it's, it's, really, it's really hard to stay relevant after 13 seasons. Yeah. And they, they, I used to... They kept me in it, so... I used to love that show, and I watched it all the way up to, I think, season 9 or 10, Mm -hmm. and then I just lost it. It got too much into the whole war with God and demons, and it seemed very samey, like every season was just more of the same. Yeah, I think, like, right around season 6 or 5 is when they they stopped doing the Monster of the Week thing, and they they went to the Angels and Demons thing. Yeah. See, and that's what I loved about that show, yes. was the original concept. The idea of, you know, crisscrossing across America, you know, visiting a new threat, a new thing every week. But yeah, I think you're right. Around season six or seven, it was nothing but Angels vs. Demons, the series. and you, you, st- you still get that Monster of the Week thing, it's just not every week. Uh, so it's the Monster of the month, Every Now maybe? and Then. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know, whatever, whatever hell has to offer that week, you know, this time around, it's, uh, I don't know if the Dagon in the last season is related to Lovecraft, I'm, I'm unsure, you have to look that up, Brian, but Dagon was looking pretty sexy on Supernatural, I ain't mad at it at all, you know, but, uh. Well, Dagon is actually a real mythology, I believe it's Babylonian, that's where Lovecraft got it from, Okay. so. He stole it from some people, so it's fair game for anyone else, I I imagine. Fair enough. Yeah, that, Gotham, The Flash, Arrow, all those shows that I watch, I, I've been catching up on, and some of them have been behind on, so I would, I've been binge-watching stuff just to catch up on the last season that I missed, and yada, yada, yada. You do that sometimes. Um, I watch Six Pack with Kenny Rogers. And then I watch, and then I watch Bust and Loose with Richard Pryor because they're kind of related in a way, you know. So I felt like staying in that 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 feeling of a bunch of ragtag kids doing stuff, and you know, chicken shit. Love it, <laughs> love it. Oh, what what else? There's um, not 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 much else. Oh, I watched House by the House by the Cemetery finally. So did we. Hey, so did we. 
I what did you my, think of it? I got my first glimpse of Bob, and I'm glad Bob died in the end. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, Bob didn't. Bob went off to live happily ever after with the little girl. Well, I watched it, and I was like, all these people are dying, and why is this annoying kid allowed to live? And then, like, yep. He's going. He's going to get like the end of the the end of that fog remake and get ghost rape herpes and you know and uh, <laughs> go become dead himself. I'm like, yay, Bob's dead. But it was fun. I'm usually not a big Fulci guy as far as like his films go, but I haven't explored too much into him. It's just um, I've seen the Beyond, I've seen uh, Zombie, and now I've seen that one. And I, I think they're no, I've seen the Sword and Sandals one too. The the um. Con- Conquest is called, I think. Yes. Because when I was exploring all those sword and sandals pictures, I think that was one of the ones I watched long ago. And um, so I'll, I'll probably watch more. I, I have I have a Shutter subscription, so I'm sure there's a couple more on there I could I could take a look at. Oh, Dead I'm guy sure. in the basement is one of the creepiest things. I think that's one of Fulci's scariest films. It's not his best. <laughs> no. And there are some really silly moments like when the guy's like ah that's just a tomb in the living room you gotta get used to it that's just something they do who the hell maybe it's my midwestern background but around here we do not have tombs (laughs) in our living room i have never known anyone that did but he's like oh it's common no it's not that's just the house settling i love that phrase you know um and there is absolutely no reason in the world that all of them should not have escaped at the end because the dude moves at like zero miles mm-hmm. per hour. All they had to do was just run around him and go back up the stairs. Hell, but they could have jogged away. Oh, Barbara figured out in that, that Night of the Living Dead remake, you know. They're just slow. We can run around them, you know. I love it. I love that remake, though. Oh, yeah. That's a dream meet for me. Patricia, Patricia, Patricia Tallman is a dream meet for me at a convention, but she hasn't she hasn't done any out here, so I'm, I'm waiting. I'm biding my time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. Not, not, nothing else really movie wise that I can really recall. I really didn't go see anything. Um. But uh, we'll get into uh the next segment, which would be the beef bitches of mashed potatoes. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Uh, I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't you order fries. Who gets the barbecue beef? Mine's the Duke Deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? I heard that. Brian, what's bothering you, sir? Uh, all of 2017. <laughs> This year has sucked for us. I won't go into a whole litany of what all that's happened, but oh my god, it just it one thing after another after another after another after another after another and so on and so forth. I've never had a year like this where so much shit went wrong at the same time just piling on. Big stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh the most recent two examples aren't that bad in and of themselves. But they're getting close to that whole straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Um, one is, is we had a room that we had to get some repairs on. Uh, Part of the earlier. That's one of the first yeah problems we had this year. That happened in January. And hell, just trying to find a contractor to come out to do this job was mind-blowingly hard. There's so many people out there, I guess, don't want to work. Or they have so much work to do. Or... They're independently wealthy because just getting 
somebody out to look at the room was a nightmare. But anyways, we got a guy, gave us a good price. He was very much Johnny on the spot, and he came out multiple days, and everything was looking fine until he was done. Then we take, we had this big wall of plastic to seal the room off. We take it down, and we noticed something he had missed um, that you really didn't notice up close, but when you step back, it's very obvious. So now we have him coming back out, and, you know, thankfully he's doing it. But that's just, that's an example of something we thought was done. No, it's not. Uh, well, and to fix it, it's going to have to be ripped out and redone. Yeah. So. Then, uh, about two weeks ago, it. my laptop died. I took it up to the computer guys, found out that the battery inside it was, like, literally blowing up, as in expanding. So, they're like, you need a new battery. Okay, no problem. Easy fix, right? I order a battery. I wait the days it takes to come to me. I get it. I take it back up there. I go, here's a battery. Here's my computer. Fix it. They put everything together and still not working because the battery I was sent was dead. So that's just another example of, no, you think it's going to be quick and easy and painless? Nope. It's still a, you know. Well, to make matters worse with that, the place where you had to get the battery won't do an exchange so you have to do a return yes and then purchase a new one so i mean it's just, and it's just nothing is easy no this year has just been like born under a bad sign or something it has just been i've never had this much constant reoccurring bad luck so i'm ready for this year to be over i hope 2018 is better so that's my beef well, a personal note, Brian. I'm glad you got your health because that was that was an issue before too. And yes, yeah, that's one of the other big nasties this year. Yes, so I'm glad, man. I'm glad we're having this conversation right now. Although, although it's it's bad stuff happening to you, but I'm glad I'm talking to you. Well, thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. And that was another thing that just came out of blue and kicked me in the nuts. So, uh, everybody listening out there, go to your doctors often. That was my mistake. I haven't been to doctors in years because I felt fine. You know, why go see a doctor if you feel fine? Well, things can creep up on you and then lay your ass out when you least expect it. So make those regular checkups regular. That's your PSA for the episode. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. knowing is half the battle. Yes. Jamie, you got a beef girl? I do. And... It's mainly, it's people who run businesses and work their employees to the point of hospitalization and yeah, that's bad. don't seem to realize what they're doing to people. But, but this is a serious issue and it's happening a lot where I'm working. I mean, people are just dropping like flies. Hmm. And we have two people in the hospital right now because of exhaustion. And a um, couple of people have already been sick, myself being one of them. I, and it's just, no one seems to realize, or I'm sure they care. I think that they're just completely oblivious to what they're doing to people. And like, how can you? It's sorts, it is short-sighted gains. You know, they need people at the moment to cover hours and, ah, you know, 
gotta fill spots, we gotta make the schedule. But they don't stop to think that in the long run, all you're doing is burning people out. Well, and that's the thing. And I'm one of the lucky ones in that my hours pretty much stay the same. Because of the nature of what I do, I don't really get forced to work other shifts. But people who do other jobs, you know, will, like one guy, he, one night he had to work 11 to 7.30. Then he had to come back at 3 p.m. and work 3 to 11.30. Then he had to come back at 7 a.m. the next morning. Yeah, that would not happen. And work 7 to 3.30. What the fuck are you doing? And this is in a, just a couple of day span. He had less than eight hours between shifts. I mean, three shifts in a row with less than an eight-hour break. What are you doing? You know, and then you can't expect someone to be up all night and work the graveyard shift and then work the afternoon shift and then work the morning shift just back to back to back. You can't do that to people. Well, that's what I mean. They're short-sighted. They need to, they need to fix this problem right now so they'll just pound a square peg into that round hole and they won't worry you that, okay, now you're square pay don't fit the square hole it's supposed to somewhere down the line i mean that happens a lot it's sad i mean people are working 13 days in a row for i mean but the higher ups they're getting their two days a week well because i'm sure and they're all salary men so and they're supposed to be working five tens and they don't do that either so i mean that's just what's starting to tick me off is they're working people to the bone and literally to the point of hospitalization and meanwhile they get their time you know and it's irking me i mean in order to get a break i actually had to be sick like i had (laughs) it had to get to the point where i was physically unable to work and then they're like you know maybe you need a day off you think? think so yeah, I mean, it just irritates me that people can be so oblivious to what they're doing to the people that they count on. And like I said, I'm one of the lucky ones. You know, there are people who are being treated way worse than I am. So, well, my, my yeah. boss personally is uh, he's kind of an angry Italian fella. I mean, uh, I, I'm 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 fortunate for for now that you know he, he used to be around a lot more. But I'm one of those lucky ones that barely sees my boss. So I, I'm I'm up early like Jamie is, but Jamie works longer that longer hours, way longer hours than I do. But I'm fortunate not to not to see my boss, but maybe once a week. And that, that. yeah, I don't see mine either. Then when I work, uh, with the shift I have been working, so that's good. <laughs> so no, no nobody's stepping my toes. It's it's all good there. But I I get, I get the same. Uh, it's not the management. It's it's my coworkers that are the idiots. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 one of those things where. It's like, do I knock the city in the head, and you know, or is is it really worth it? To, you know, because it's it's early in the morning, and they they just seem like they're they're just fucking me for no reason. Like, just no, stop it. You know, uh, me, my beep is is not work related or or uh, anything like that. Is I I I uh, follow a group on Facebook who that is dedicated to. A local whore host who's syndicated now. You guys might know who he is if you guys got me TV. It's uh, Sven Gulli. Uh, Rich Coase is the the guy who plays Sven Gulli, and he plays you know B rated movies for for people to watch and for him to essentially rip on during segments. You know the normal normal fare like that, and 
you get people in there saying, "Oh, why did you play this crap movie?" Like, have you been watching the show all this time? You know, this this is the 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 the, the thing of the show, and just him playing these weird movies. Like, like next week we get the the Deadly Mantis, which is about a, a giant praying mantis that that invades Chicago, and you know, you know that's gonna be cheesy as hell, and they're gonna be bitching about that too, and. I just, I just can't get over, like, you know, it, it's a good thing that, that he's syndicated and more folks get to see him and wear his t-shirt and he's he's more well-known and all that good stuff. But at the same time, you, you get these uh, these noobs in there that, that don't know what the show is about and they're just complaining about everything. And then there's, like, Discord and the, these groups and we, we know about those Facebook groups, right? You get those, those trolls and they're just starting shit and... <laughs> Jamie? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I was gonna say yes. Yeah, someone recently accused me of trolling. Like, Jamie be trolling. <laughs> dot dot dot. You know. Yeah, he did. It was oh. me. <laughs> He's kidding though. Okay. She was. She, she was fishing. I was Lloyd like, made a comment about you know how oh Happy Death Day couldn't have been good because his 17 year old nephew said it was shitty. Oh, well, hell, a 17-year-old nephew says it's So bad. I said, so? <laughs> so with some kind of emoji, I was like, Jamie be trolling, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> like she's fishing for something. I don't know, you know. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, these people are, um, they're, they're awful. I, I love Sven Gulli since, um, I love Rich Coe since I've seen him. This, uh, when, like, the late 80s, when he showed, um... He showed me Never in Elm Street 3 for the first time on his show when it was called The Coast Zone, and, and then he became Sven Gulli. Jerry Bishop was the original Sven Gulli in the 70s, and he was more like a like a hippie ghoul in a way. And uh, this Sven Gulli, if you've seen him on TV, wears a top hat and is, opens the show in a coffin, and they throw over chickens at him and all this good stuff. And it's always a good time, but these people are just ruining it, ruining it for everybody by, by pissing them on about every little thing that he does, and... My, my my thing is if you don't if you're not feeling it, turn it off. D- don't tune in. You know. Yo, why the hell would you suffer through something you didn't like? No one's making you watch this. There is no gun to your head. I mean, there's plenty of sh- stuff out there that I'm like, uh, no, I don't like, and so I don't watch. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way about when people bitch about what podcasts cover. If you don't want to hear it, yes, that's then a good. Point. Don't listen to the show. But I got news for you. It's not your show. Yeah, I love the... You don't the, get to choose what podcasts talk about. I love the... You know, and the listeners. So, yeah, you know, they're fans. They're, ooh, you got to respect them. And I do. But how about a little respect for us? When they get up type, oh, you know, I would have recovered this. Or why are you talking about that? Because I want to. It's our show. It's my show. It's whatever. You're not involved. Your guest, your guest is in... You can come into our world, sit down, and listen if you want. If you don't, don't. It's, it's, it's like people, you know, and then I'm not, I'm not anybody's shit. Like, like you said, do, do what you dig. But yes. you know, I, I try not to do a crazy amount of like retrospectives on this show because I, I don't want to oversaturate it like that. But a lot of folks choose to do that, and that's fine because they may have a whole new view on the Saw series that I never thought of, or the whole new view on this series that I never thought of. Or if I don't care, I just won't listen because I don't want to yes. hear about the Saw series or wh- whatever anymore. Cause... Yeah, that's all you have to do is not listen. Or I'll tell you what, even if I'm not interested in a film, if I like the podcast, I still listen because I like the hosts. Yes. And I like to hear them do their thing. 
you know, so... And I want to know what they think of this movie. Yeah, I might think it's garbage. What do they think? Oh, wow, well, they like it for some reason. Why? Case in point, with the latest episode of Short Buzz was Star Crash. I don't like Star Crash. I like Star it, Crash. Well, I mean... I mainly from... Caroline Monroe, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, yes. She, she looks great in it, but that movie bores the crap out of it me. It is, it is. And I don't care at all about the movie. Like, I just think it's really boring, and I don't... The last thing I wanted was to hear somebody talk about it. I think I have a copy however, of Star Crash. I know, you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, it was Ricky and Johnny, and they were lovers. <laughs> Ricky, how's that go? Yeah, uh, that's Frankie and Johnny. Never okay. mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was Ricky and Johnny, and I like what they do. So I said, I actually put it off for a little while because I was like, ugh, I don't want to. But I ended up listening to it anyway because I was like, you know what? I really want to hear them. So I did, and I loved the show. So yeah, there's a perfect example. There was a There was a movie I didn't care to hear be talked about. But because I enjoyed the hosts, I enjoyed it anyway. So there you go. And I exercised my right to not listen to it until it got to the point where I really wanted to. But did you see me go on their page and bitch at them for covering a movie, like daring to cover a movie that I didn't want to hear them talk about? Well, no. to a greater extent, it's all, you know, a um, fan, for lack of a better word, their agency with the media that they like. They feel almost entitled. Um, a couple years back, this was a big hoo-ha over the Mass Effect 3 video game, the ending. And oh, yeah. I didn't much care for the ending, but you had people like demanding, demanding a change. Or this isn't the ending this game should have. Well, these are the guys who made the game. They're the authors. Shut the hell up. It's your right not to <laughs> like it. It's your right to even be mad at it. But for you to demand a change, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, what? Samus is a girl in Metroid? I want to change, goddammit. Oh, exactly. Anyways, there's some extra beeps for you. No, that's okay. Yeah, it these, was, uh, these are good this beeps. week is beepy. Yes. <laughs> beepy. Yeah, podcasts, as, as in general, though, like any, any even podcasts I listen to on the regular... Like like projection booth. If they're doing a, a five hour podcast, Mike White works very very hard on these. On like a French film that I don't know, odds are he'll get my download, but I'm probably not going to listen to it because you know it, it's 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 five hours of a film I probably will never watch. And you know it's I'm sure it'll be informative as hell because he puts a lot of work into his show. And you know if you want to listen, yeah, check it out. You know, but the, I do that with any show. Like I think. Uh, was it 22 Shots is doing a, a Saw retrospective? Somebody's doing a Saw retrospective. But if they think that thing's like six hours, Saw's not a series I, I don't particularly care for. People like it. I, I recognize yeah. that. But odds are I'm probably not going to listen to it because it's six hours of films, for the most part, I don't care about. Yeah, I mean, I've actually seen where people have said, you know, they're, they didn't want to hear what a particular episode was about, so they were not going to give them the download. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I'm, Why I'm, would you do that? I'm already, I'm already subscribed. If you like it's, a show. Yeah, it's more work not to give them the download than you just... Yeah, yeah. they're like, I'm just going to unsubscribe for this episode so they don't get my download. Yeah. What the fuck is that? They're, they're showing their protests. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, and you can suck a dick. 
I don't want your download. If that, I mean, if that's, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Anyway, I don't care if seven people download my shows. There you go. I, I always said that if I if I, if I get a handful of people to laugh at my jokes, I'm, I'm doing a good job. So it's it's. I think we got more than a handful, and that that's fine with me. But I mean, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I do the same thing. If even if I'm, I know for a fact I probably won't listen to a particular episode for whatever reason. I'll still download the show, even if it takes me. Like if it's something that I'm not. Because somehow there are still shows I'm not subscribed to. I have to actually physically download each episode. I don't know. My my whole... I need to sit down and sort out my shit. But but that's a thing. But I will still go and download the episode. Just on the off chance I may decide I want to listen to it anyway. But I don't always. But they still get my download because I support the show. Because I like the show on the whole. Well, yeah. I have... Uh gigs and gigs of shows I'm backlogged on because I don't listen as much as I did before. I just don't have the time. And, but I keep downloading. I keep, well, I'll save this for when I can listen. And just the pile keeps growing. <laughs> but, you know, oh well. Oh, so many get deleted off my phone. It's not even funny. Nothing against the people. It's just the, it's like when I used to collect comic books. Every Wednesday we, we would comics and after a while, I just started stacking up all these unread comics, and like I stopped yeah. going, you know, I just stopped going. But um, I was I was still listening to the podcast, but but um, and it's about it for for my beefs and our beefs and collect collected beefs. <laughs> so not to fill the butcher shop, people. That's what I'm talking about. But uh, tonight is a it's, it's it's a happy time. I think it's it's Halloween time. It's be coming out on Halloween, and uh, we've come here tonight to discuss. Two, the first two films of uh, the Leica Studios Library, which is, uh, if you guys don't know who that is, uh, they, they brought us uh, two of the films we're going to discuss tonight, being Coraline and Paranorman, as well as The Box Trolls, and I, I think they're, they're their finest film to date, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, is, is pretty spectacular. It's not horror, but it's, it's spectacular to watch. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, not that really it's good. their best, one of these, for me, is their best. Which one? Which one? Ooh, spooky. You know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Kubo is awesome. And I didn't see... What was the other one? Box, Box Trolls. Box Trolls. Oh, I never saw that. I haven't seen that one either. It's fun. It's it's more it's more um, fa- family-friendly, but not really, because there's a lot of dark stuff in there, you know, but it's, there's enough in there to keep you in it, basically. But, um, yeah, tonight, Cor- Coraline and Paranorman... For for is a pretty great Halloween show, I think. We're we're gonna dig those, I think, and uh, we'll be right back where we're gonna discuss the the very first film, Coraline. Right after this. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday Thirteenth, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror. And we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. Coraline Jones always dreamed of finding a better world. 
exciting than this. Uh -huh. But never did she imagine that she'd discover it in her own home. We've been waiting for you, Coraline. Where parents are always fun. I love your garden! Can't believe you did this! And everything is so good. What's shaking, baby? It just can't be real. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. You're not my mother. My mother doesn't have... B -b -b buttons Do you like them? I'm your other mother, silly. You probably think this world is a dream come true. My name! But you're wrong. You do like it here, don't you, Coraline? You could stay here forever. There's one tiny little thing we need to do. Black is traditional. <gasps> She's got this whole world where everything's better, but it's all a trap. You may come out when you've learned to be a loving daughter. From Henry Selick, the director of The Nightmare Before Christmas, comes a world of extraordinary imagination. <laughs> Spooky secrets. Who are you? You're in terrible danger, girl. And daring discoveries. I still have to find my parents to set them free. This year, when adventure comes knocking, there are some doors that should never be opened. I'm not scared! Coraline, written for the screen and directed by Henry Selleck. Presented in Real D3D. Coraline from 2009. Hey, that kind of rhymes. Beautiful. Rated PG. A plot synopsis is... An adventurous girl finds another world that is strangely idealized version of her frustrating home, but it has sinister secrets. Uh, this this one has some, has some decent voice talents, but not as good as the next movie, I think. You got Dakota Fanning in there as Coraline, Terry Hatcher, who else? You got Keith David plays a, the voice of a cool cat, you know, and uh, Ian McShane is in this movie as a... Uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's, uh, I, I love you. I love you, Simi and McShane, especially on Deadwood. Yeah, yes. But, um, he was a Russian in this. Yes, indeed. He was a Russian in this. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna defer to, uh, our guest, Brian, and, uh, ask what he thought about the film. I like it, but not love it, so I should tell you which one is my favorite. But, uh, I've seen this movie once before. This was a second time watch. It's been, uh... Well, you said this came out in 2009, so it's been from then till now since the last time I saw it. Uh, first off, I love the animation. Uh, that goes for both movies. It is silky smooth and beautiful. Um, and it kind of walks that fine line between claymation and computer animation. Um, that's how good it looks to me. I like... The dark themes in this story and the occasional weird vibe, my big problem with it is it's a bit too whimsical. Um, and I, I can stand a little whimsy, but this is like whimsical overdose. I mean, everything is just, ha, 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 so whimsical. I mean, that's the only word I can think of to describe it. It's like, this is like 
Tim Burton's uh, storybook or something like that, where it has nothing to do with Burton, but you can definitely see his kind of spooky yet fun influence here. And well, that's that, sort of a six degrees. Well, yeah, because of uh, Nightmare Before. Thank you, Nightmare Before Christmas, which I do love. I love that more than this. But uh, I don't know. It just it's in a way. It's why I really don't like. Um, I'm gonna say it. I don't like the Wizard of Oz all that much because that is also whimsical and just you know fanciful characters and strange, you know. Strange characters, oddballs, and weirdos for the sake of having oddballs and weirdos. You know, it's like everybody has to be so otherworldly, other woo. Aren't I strange? Yes, but everybody is bizarre <laughs> around you. So, no, you're not really strange. I mean, if you live in a world where everybody's strange, then your strangeness begins to lose its impact. Everybody is as nuts as you are. Everybody is as weird. So what you think makes you so special isn't that special. If you would have more normal people, more normal C in general in there, then the truly odd characters would really stand out. But in here, it's just like, oh, wow, here's another strange person. Okay, well, yep, they're strange. Okay, next. Um, that said... I really like the cat, and uh, I, I do really, I think this movie picks up in probably the last third. That's when things really start turning dark, and those dark emotions and themes start to come to the surface. And naturally, being a little horror kid, um, I resonate with that more. I, I enjoy that more. And uh, so the last third, I dig this movie. But for the previous two thirds, not so much. Fair enough, Jamie. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because a lot of that I agree with, but it's the end of the film that loses me. How so? I get bored with it. No. For one, I think this film is way too long. Well, I, mean, I agree it's with an you there. Yes. Hour forty, hour forty-three, something yeah. like that. It's, and it feels twice that, <laughs> at least to me. It's um, it is dark and I do appreciate the fact that it has the themes that it does. I like the performances. I enjoy the animation. You know, I even like the story. I just think it goes longer than it needs to go. So for me personally, it just runs out of steam. And then by the time we get to the end, the wrap-up part just takes too long for me. And I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. I really do prefer the beginning of the film where we're exploring the world and she is sort of under the spell of all of these things that have been created to woo her. I have a lot of fun with that. I'm wondering if, or I guess what this means for you is that you like Selig, Selig? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Henry's direction, but just not his writing. That You could say that, because... Visually, you know, as a film in and of itself, I do like it. I think it looks good, and the shots, the camera usage, the movement is all really well done. Um, 
well, the acting, I guess you can get into voice acting. That's well done. As far as how the characters appear in the film, well, that's animation. And I've already said, I love that. But yeah, the I guess it would be the writing that I probably have the most problem. I mean, because you also enjoy Nightmare Before Christmas, which is his direction. Yes. But he didn't write that. No. So maybe that's it. Because yeah, I love Nightmare Before Christmas. And that doesn't feel as long as this. I don't know if it is or isn't, but uh, that one moves and moves and I mean, moves. Well, with that one, for me, Danny Elfman oh, yeah. well, that makes helps. a big difference yeah. with that. I mean, his music in that film is just amazing. And anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> I do think this is a really good film for kids around Halloween time. Like, it's a good spooky kids movie. Yeah. It's a little darker, you know. I mean, to be totally honest, by this point, my kid would be watching The Exorcist. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, if you have little wussier kids, then this is something good for them. <laughs> I saw this in the theater when it came out, and I felt exactly the same way as I did about it then. I mean, as I do about it now, I felt the same way back then. And it, everyone seemed to love it. Like, everyone was all nuts about it. Yeah, I remember And that. Bo and I actually saw it. Um, we were talking about it on Last Blog. And he really loved it. Mm. And I just didn't. Yeah. And, I, and so I thought that seeing it now, this many years later, this I haven't seen it since. I was really hoping that that would change. That I'm like, oh, well, okay, watching it now, maybe I'll feel differently about it. Yeah, so not really. I will say I did like it more this time because I was very lukewarm towards it the first time. I I didn't dislike it, but I wasn't crazy about it. I'll say I liked it a little more this time too, but I still managed to get bored with it toward the end. See, for me, it's the ending that <laughs> one know, um, pays one it thing off. I really like is there's a song that is used repeatedly throughout the film. It's not really a song in that I don't recall there being lyrics. I think it's more like a like a ooh kind of thing. I don't remember if there are actual words or not. But anyway, we just recently watched The Wicker Man uh, as part of Passport to Halloween. And this song reminds me of a song from The Wicker Man. And I really like that. Mm. I, it just it kept sort of taking me back to that. And... That was very cool. And I'm not saying they did it on purpose. It was just, it just is a thing. But anyway, so there you have it. Like, I do like it. I just don't love it. Gotcha. Because corn rigs are bunny. No, I'm done. I'm done with that. You know. <laughs> no. I'm here. I'm here all night, people. But uh, <laughs> Coraline for me is a film. Not that of, song. Not that song, yes. <laughs> I've seen, um, I've never seen it all the way through. I've only seen bits and pieces of it until now. So this is the the only Leica I haven't watched all the way through until for this show, and I'm I'm kind of it essentially is the Wizard of Oz, but but the characters she's to go she goes sees and she goes to go see in the other world is kind of like a Bizarro Wizard of Oz world to where they're the same people they're just a little more whimsical like Brian said you know it's a which can be a good thing and a bad thing I mean she's. She's that classic tale of being moved away from everything you knew, so you go and explore other things. 
she happens to explore a door that she creates inside of her house to go to this other world to where her parents give her whatever she wants to, but they all have they all have weirdo buttons for eyes, which is not really explained in the movie, but I'm sure Neil Gaiman uh, explains it more in, in his in his writing. I don't know. I don't care. It just it looks strange, which is kind of great. And uh, the fact that she had the, the only way she could actually stay is to have buttons on in her eyes, which just seemed really morbid. But th- there you go. But how is she? Yeah, uh, that's kind of horrifying. Yeah. But how is she living this this pleasure island without that? You know, where they have strange musical numbers and old ladies with big boobies and pasties on them doing dance m- m- numbers and stuff. And yeah, but how about that? That was weird. <laughs> They were, they were massive. <laughs> they have pasties in a kid's film. I was like, what the hell is this going on Just here? Just now when you said it was rated PG, I was like, PG? Why PG? What the? Maybe that was it. Maybe. <laughs> it wasn't the movie. It was the pasties, okay? <laughs> that, that old lady's big ass titties were, were, were the, the precursor <laughs> to that PG, you know? Um... Yeah, but that that part's fun. The, the the cat the cat companion, played by Keith David, like I said. Yeah, I love him. Was a was a really neat character because he's just that 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 voice of reason that's not going to tell you what's going to happen, but basically telling you to hold back a little. It might be not be what you think it is, and, and it's not because, like Brian says, and that, that that like that third act, it takes that that real dark turn, but it takes you an hour to get there, which is um. Which is a problem for me as well. Yeah, I was looking at the clock a lot during this movie just to see, you know, I know it's going to get dark at some point, but when is it going to happen? And then it happens, and then I'm with Brian on the, the third act being the best part of the movie because that's that's when the the true intentions of a, a creature who, who uh, just steals children. I thought the doll was a neat plot device. Like, here's this doll for no reason. It looks just like you. And then you find that the doll's a, a spy for this this evil being, and you know, look how shitty your life is, Coraline. Come and join us, where we have unlimited poultry and and uh, uh, trains that deliver gravy to your mashed potatoes, and yeah, you know, just just a much happier life. And you try to go back. Wait, hold up a second here. It's like a like a Twilight Zone in a way. Like yep. Yeah. Like here here's the twist. You got to stay, and you you get these buttons. You got to be sewn into your eyes. Or you know what, yeah, we're going to steal your actual parents and say, fuck that shit, you know? Yeah, the creature at the heart of this is really scary. I really liked her, and I liked that design. Um, especially towards the end of the movie when, like, all glamours and all makeup is, you know, washed away, and you get a real good look at what you've been dealing with. Like a metallic insect, in a way. I don't know if she was an yeah. insect or a machine or what she was, but... I, I, it was I, very um, spider-like. There well, yeah. were, you know, there were a lot of spider imagery, and she did the whole web thing. And when she was blinded, you know, and then she felt the vibrations yeah. on the web, so she chased her. That was that was cool and creepy. And yay, Michigan! Oh yeah, yay, Michigan! Yes, indeed. I, I love that the fa- uh, her, her replacement father essentially was just like wasting away as the film went on. I think he was like a giant, like gourd by the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, just to do her bidding, and th- that was really neat. Um, I-, I liked the like the Pleasure Island musical number in a way because it was just so bizarre, and all all the all the audience members were dogs except for her and her her fake friend, and 
that that was entertaining. That the trapeze stuff, like, like I said, the, the beautiful film to watch. It's just, it's just it, I like like um, stop motion mixed with that computer computer animation, and it's a wonderful mix. And um, I dug it. Not, not as much as the, I think, think you're all going to agree. The next one was much was a much better film. But this is a nice jumping off point for the studio, I think, to to get them to go on to do bigger and better things. So Coraline, y'all, yeah, yeah. But um, Brian, is there anything else you want to say about the film? No, I think that's a a good summation of it. Cool, Jamie. Um, no, I think everyone pretty much covered what I would say, if, and including myself. <laughs> I said what I. Said what I want to say. Very good. Said my piece. But uh, ratings, Brian, one to ten. What would you give Coraline? Um, I've been juggling back and forth between a six and a seven. So, can I split it down the middle? Give it a six point five. That'll work. Okay, that's what I give it. Fair enough, Jamie. Uh, I'll be a little more generous and go seven. You know, I think it's definitely. It is a good film. Well, it's worth your time, definitely. Yeah, I just, um, I, th- I think it's worth maybe a little less time <laughs> than they require you to give. Because it's just a, that is really long for a kid's movie, you know? Well, I think that that new Beauty and the Beast was over two hours long and... Well, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I see kids getting pretty squirmy in, the, in their seats at that, that, that yeah, showing. ridiculous. It's, you can't ask kids to... Sit still for that long, and if you do, you can't get pissy with them if they are unable to do it. Oh man, yeah, me myself, I, I think that this, this studio does so well is that you know, w- without putting t- too many. Well, there's one, there's pretty much one song in the one Jamie's talked about in this movie. You know, making animated films for kids, you know, that adults could enjoy, but at the same time, not patronizing their smaller audience by making them watch something stupid. Like a lot of these films do now, yes. So if that's anything that I give Coraline, like kudos for that. That's one of those things. But I think the next one does it even better. But I'm gonna give it a um, right there with that seven as well. It, it might go higher if I watch it again. I'm not sure, but I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I watched it the next one a whole lot more, and that's gonna show in a review, which is Paranorman, which we'll get into right after this.
Doomsday clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blow it up! Ah, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which? Versus the Doomsday Clock is that man's story. His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Side effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and blame for more purposes. The producers accept our responsibility for any side effects, illness, or event range of mind cause. My back guarantee is worth nothing. Zero, 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 uh, overall, no sausage. In short, you get nothing. Nothing. Good day, sir. Meet Norman. Can't you be like other kids your age? His parents don't get him. He's probably up there fiddling with his Ouija or his orb. Harry. His sister doesn't like him. <laughs> you are such a loser. And the kids at school. Look, it's abnormal. Always pick on him. <laughs> but he does have some friends. Norman, wait up. I like to be alone. So do I. Let's do it together. It's just that most of them. Good morning. Aren't exactly alive. How's it hanging? <laughs> Haven't heard that one before. Do you see ghosts like all the time? Who's a good boy? Uh, that's not his chin. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 couldn't you use another stall? Time is running out. From the makers of Coraline, the witch's ghost is going to wake up tonight, and when she does, she'll raise the dead. Use your gift of talking to the dead to stop it. This is crazy. Do I look crazy to you? Uh. <laughs> you uh, might want to give that a few minutes. Now, to save his time, he'll need a little help. Oh, yeah. I got you. Oh, this is getting completely out of. Dead or what? And a whole lot of guts. Is everyone alright? Nobody got bitten? I bit. I hung. Did that count? This summer, you don't become a hero. Norman! Norman? This is so Norman. By being normal. <sighs> There's nothing wrong with being scared, Norman. As long as you don't let it change who you are. Paranorman. Ah! You want to play some hockey? Okay, this is Paranorman from 2012. The synopsis is as follows. 
A misunderstood boy takes on ghosts, zombies, and grown-ups to save his town from a centuries-old curse. Well, that's about what happens. Uh, stars the voice talents of Cody... What's the rest of his name? Cody Smith McPhee. Yes. Okay. He was the kid, the boy, in the American remake of Let the Right One In. Oh, wow, okay. Don't know why I know that, but I do. Um, Tucker Albrecht's? I can't read the end of the all of their names, so if I don't know their name, then... You know, I just I can't see it. Um, Anna Kendrick, who I think did a really good job. Casey Affleck, Jeff Garland, I know John Leslie Goodman's Mann, in there. John Goodman, Elaine Stritch, Jodell Ferland, Tempest Bledsoe, Alex Borstein. A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I mean, a lot of good people. You know, yes. So Alex Borstein, of course, from Family Guy. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, that's about it. And in this, we have Norman, who can talk to dead people. And he, he sees dead people. Yeah, and he is a loner. He's a freak until he meets his new friend, who is also an outcast. And then they kind of pair up. And then he's given the task of reading a story to a witch <laughs> to keep her from... Cursing the town. I guess this is a ritual that they ask to they ask to do every year, and it's passed on to him by the smelly old. What does the guy call him? Uh, you're the smelly bum that lives in the house on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's supposed to continue that on, but then she gets out or she wakes up and. The dead rise, and the town is under attack, or so they think. And then he and others have to band together and save the town. Um, Gary, hey. we never start with you. Let's start with you. Let's start with me? Okay, first of all, I, I think this is about as perfect as a film could be. As a horror film, as a comedy film, as a kid's film, I think I think it's pretty great. Right from the beginning, I, I, lo- I love the way it opens. You, you open on a shitty horror film to, where, where the girl's looking at the camera and you see a boom mic and it's just really cheesy. And I love the that Norman is talking to his dead grandmother and her reaction to the whole thing is pretty great. It's, it starts out just like this and I think it's, it just sets the tone right away that, that Norman is so nonchalant talking to these dead people every, every single day. Right down to his walk to school, where, where, you know, you got great stuff just in that walk to school. You, you got the gangster who's had the, got the cement shoes on, you know, that actually has ghost fish flying around him, and the pilot that, that's impaled by the tree. It's pretty morbid shit in his walk to school. Just, just see the pilot impaled by the tree, you know. But, um, no, I've never heard that one before. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I love... I love the characters and the film. I pretty much every one. I, I'm a big Jeff Garland fan from from way back, and this is about the most Jeff Garland he gets in this movie. And anybody who watches the Goldbergs, I think, loves Jeff Garland too. And he he's pretty great as this this father who just hates that his son thinks that he sees dead people, and he obviously does. And ah. Uh, the sister, like you said, played by Anna Kendrick. I'll watch anything she's in, even those Pitch Perfect films. 
because I'm just uh, I'm that infatuated with her. You know, her, her like any of the female these films, uh, the yellow big butts for some reason. You know, those, those yoga pants lie. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Neil. Neil is the classic, you know, chubby outcast friend. One, one of my favorite scenes is when Norman gets to his locker and <laughs> it says freak on it and he happens to have the, the uh, some kind of solvent to get it off and he his says I forget what his says says fatty or something on it. Yeah, yeah, he's, try, yeah. he's trying to rub it off with it with his clothes or some shit. I don't know, but um, that's that's funny. The, the part where they're confronted by the bum, or I think it's Norman's uncle in the movie. I think that they they say that. Yeah, that's that's the uncle they don't talk to, and don't make me throw this hummus. It's spicy. I he, love that. He has some of the best lines of the whole movie, and he's just so. Go. I'm sorry. I love just I was gonna say I love the fat kid. He is my favorite character. I like all the characters in this movie, but he just stands out. I mean, yeah, he is so hilarious. Oh my god. This movie in general has some great dialogue. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like curse. You mean like the You F-word? mean like the F word? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so much good stuff though though that I'm No like, it says not curse, he says swear. Oh swear, that's <laughs> right. Okay. You mean the F word? <laughs> I'm going to kick it to Brian, though, and, and let him give some good stuff out of this movie, because there's, there's lots to talk about. So I love this movie. This is my favorite from the studio. Um, I have it in my personal collection, and I don't have too many cartoons. I have some. I have a you know, Baker's Dozen or so. So if I own it, that means I truly love it, and I do. Uh, this movie is made for me because I was Norman. Other than seeing dead people, uh, the creepy kid, the infatuation with horror and all things spooky, um, I love that. I love how smart this movie is. It's, yeah, on the surface it's a kid's film because it's animated, but it doesn't treat the kids as morons like so many cartoons do there's stuff that happens in here that wouldn't happen in any other kids movie like people die and when they die people say he died usually in a kids movie they'll go you know what happened to frank oh he he's gone and then they go oh or they'll just give it a big pregnant pause like oh he's dot 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 but no, they're like, he's dead. <laughs> and you see people and die. It's smell funny. Yeah. The old bum who lives on the hill, you know, he's dead and he's starting to reek. And they mention it, you know, that he's, hell, he's he's got rigor mortis. They do a whole joke about him holding on to a book that they need and having to pry it out of his cold, dead hands. Um, I love that the movie starts with a 70s exploitation flick. Like you said, that is just filled with all its own jokes and references like the boom mic or the actress who is screaming and then she looks at the camera and the zombie's still not on her so she starts screaming again um i just there's so much good stuff in here aimed over the well over the heads of children um that that whole line about swear you mean the f word that is that cracks me up every time uh, there's a line in there 
There's a gay character. Yeah, there is a guy. There's a guy, and they don't make a big deal out of it. Like, no, he's not, you know, farting rainbows or you know any sort of stereotypes. He's a just a he's a big, you know, little bit dumb but nice-hearted dude. Who at the end, you know, the girl's like, "Hey, you want to go out and blah blah blah?" And he's yeah, but I think you really like my boyfriend. That's it. That's all they say. But that's enough. Um, One of my favorite scenes of him is when they're they're in the chase scene where the zombies at the top of the car, and his van flips about fifty times, and they land in the parking lot, and he's like, he just looks at all the scratches and dents, like it's gonna be okay, baby, or something. He just falls apart, and then yeah. he, hits, he hits his alarm hits button. Hits the alarm. <laughs> yes, the comic timing is it's, it's so well. This is a funny movie. Very few kid movies. You know, even if I like them or watch them, like some of the Disney stuff, I like, I can watch it, I can get enjoyment from it, but I don't really laugh. This movie, I laugh a lot. Um, There's a scene where Norman's telling his chubby friend, uh, old man, whatever his name is, uh, old man Potter appeared to me in the bathroom. And his friend goes, ew, (laughs) just, just that. I love that. Um... I love Norman's ringtone for his phone. A very sly nod that, again, kids aren't going to get. I love his friend staring at him out the back window wearing a hockey mask. And then, hey, you want to go play hockey? <laughs> you know, Things like that just it tickles me. But I also love the central story because it's, it's dark. It's darker than a kid's movie has any right to be. Uh, essentially, it's about a dead kid. It's about bad things happening to a kid out of fear, which is a very important message all the time, but very much nowadays. Uh, How people get whipped up into a frenzy over fear and do horrible things. Um, I just, I love this movie all the way around. I forgot how much, well, I didn't really forget, but as I think I last saw it a couple years back, so this time I'm like, hey, Paranorman, I like that movie, all right. But I forget how much I like it until it, I start watching it. And then just all these jokes just keep jumping out at me. It's a, it's a great movie. You know, when Gary suggested that you come on the show, I was like, yeah, I knew you would. Because Paranorman is actually a movie that Brian purposely got. Yes. And, I mean, I remember it's not just one of those that, like, oh, you just saw it for cheap and picked it up. No, I mean, this was a movie that... He actively looked for and purchased. So that'll tell you something. Yeah, because right yeah, that's a rare thing for me as a, a film critic, kind of, sort of. I get a lot of stuff sent to me, you know, and I keep a lot of it. But if I go out of my way to hunt something down and purchase it, you know I like it. Yep, and I like it, too. It's really, I actually liked it. This is the second time I've seen it, and I liked it a lot more. This time, well, okay, I won't say a lot more because I always liked it, but I liked it even more this time than I did the first time I saw it. <clears throat> and it's just, yeah, this is dark. I mean, this is basically centered around a little girl who was accused of witchcraft and murdered by these puritanical townspeople who are just, they were horrific and scary and. And the sad thing is, this shit really happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, this was an actual fear. And 
it's horrible. And it just makes you think of all the really, I mean, just unspeakable things that humans have done to other humans over the centuries. And the fact that we're not really any better than we ever have been. No, that's... We'd like to think we are. They show that the whole town losing their collective mind once, you know, a couple zombies show up. Which, admittedly, yeah, if I see a couple zombies, I'm probably going to be upset, too. <laughs> but, you know, to to such a degree that they go. It is an exact uh, representation of the whole witchcraft frenzy. Well, and it's... it's I don't know. It really is is very scary. And you think, or you'd like to think, you know, you look back on things like the Inquisition, and you go, we're we're, yeah. we're way better than that. You know, we're so much more advanced these days. You know, we know stuff, and and we're not so superstitious, and you know, we're past that. But we're really not. Not. As much as we should be, and that's scary. I mean, there. I guess there's always going to be... There's always the human factor, which is the factor that will fuck everything up. <laughs> so anyway, it's, um, those are some really heavy thoughts. Now, you don't have to sit and contemplate that stuff, you know, and if you're a kid, you wouldn't. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I was contemplating when I was watching it. And, I mean, damn, that's heavy shit for a kid's movie. But yeah, there are a lot of references that kids will... And honestly, all the best kids' movies, to me, have that stuff. Because those are the ones that can keep the parents entertained while also keeping the children entertained. Which, if you've ever had to spend any amount of time with children, you'll realize that is really an important factor. (laughs) Because... They like to pick one thing and watch it 150 times. Yeah. And in order for that to be able to be stomached, it has to be something that's good. Unfortunately for me, Savannah, one of the things she loved was Titanic. (laughs) I hate that that movie. So, I like the ending. Well, not the whole (laughs) hang on to the board. Are you? Well, no, I like the sinking ship part. But anyway, that's when I that's when I turned her onto Jaws and said, "No, watch this. It's better." Um, and Jurassic Park. But anyway, neither are there. That's, those are, my point is, the better kids' movies are the ones who have humor that will appeal to both children and their parents. And I think this does that extremely well. Which also means it can grow with you, you know? You can enjoy it as a kid, but you can keep watching it Yeah, you can come back to it later and get new and different things that, you know, were specifically designed to go over your head as a toddler but now that you're a teen you get some more and then as you become older wow i get that now well i mean if you watch the old for instance looney tunes cartoons like the really old ones those were really designed more for adults yes and the humor shows that i mean the flintstones was a prime time cartoon that has a lot of adult humor. And those are, to me, the ones that hold up the best. The ones that have the stuff that you can go back. Because I, mean, I remember just watching Looney Tunes, you know, every single day when I was a kid. Then as I got older, there were jokes that I started to get that I never got when I was little. Then it didn't matter. I just liked watching the pictures. But as I got older, I got the jokes and it made it that 
much funnier. So yeah, those are the good ones. And this is one of the good ones. This is, um, yeah, I mean, if people out there have not seen it, and especially if you have kids and you want to kind of gauge how they do with darker themed stuff, I'd throw this out there for sure. Yeah, I agree. You know, there's, like I said, there's enough, there's enough fun stuff in here. We, we didn't mention uh, Alvin, their, their bully in this movie, who's played by, played by uh, Christopher, who last time I cannot pronounce, but he's he's been loving. Yeah, that yeah, one. Christopher Mince Plots or something like that. Yeah, McLovin, basically. It'll always be McLovin, and that, that, that's unfortunate. But I think this is my favorite role he's ever played because he's he's just that that classic dumb bully. Yeah, almost like a Biff Tannen, but you know, I think slightly dumber because there's there's the part where, where Norman's at the stall and his uncle's coming out of the toilet, and Alvin's writing his name on the on the bathroom stall. He he misspells it a few times. You can tell because he keeps crossing <laughs> it out. You know. And uh, he's a fun character. Lots, lots of fun stuff in this film. Like, 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 just like Coraline. It's visually, very visually stimulating. And I have a 4K TV, and I, I think I enjoyed it now more than ever because those colors really popping, and that made me happy. And um, yeah, excellent film. And I, I have a lot of fun with it. But um, yeah, if, if we're all we're all caught up here. Uh, anything else you want to say about the film, Jamie? Well, I do want to say there is. To me, this is the opposite of things like Hotel Transylvania, which yes, yes. I wanted to be really good. Yeah, but it wasn't. But was not. Yeah. And that depressed me because that was, to me, I, I was so excited about that because that was all the monsters. There were It was a whole movie about monsters, and I was really excited about that. And that, it just wasn't very good. It's an example of them being stupid because kids. I mean, kids like stupid stuff, so, you know, booger joke. Ha, 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 ha. You know? And just the only other cartoon for me, anyways, that comes close to this. And it really is a tie between these two as which is my favorite animated film. Monster House? No, Monster House is good. It's very good. But this, but this one isn't even a horror. It's The oh. Incredibles. I love The Incredibles. Oh, I like that, too. I mean, that is a pure 60 James Bond movie uh, masquerading as a superhero film. It's the only it's the, that, it's the only good Fantastic Four movie that ever happened. Yes, exactly. That's, that's not a Fantastic mom, Four movie. The mom has big butt like the women in these yeah. movies. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and, I mean, once again, written like there's a joke in there. I forget how it goes, but it's, you know, I'm... Don't worry, I'm extremely flexible. And Mr. Incredible's like, oh, you know. So, anyways. But that's that's Brad Bird, though. I love Brad Bird. Anything yes. he's ever done, you know. Uh, you want to make a guy cry, Watch, make him watch The Iron Giant, okay? Yes. Just, yes. Iron Giant is great. But to me, the high watermark is Incredibles and this movie. I just, I love them both. Syndrome, man. That guy's amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um... Well, we're going to ratings now, I think. Uh, Brian, what do you give it 1 to 10? I'm going to give it a 10. Um, this movie makes me stupid happy from beginning to end. I don't know how I would make it any better. Um, it doesn't need to be any bloodier or darker or more scary. It's great for what it is. Uh, it doesn't need to be more highbrow or intelligent because it's there. Uh, in all ways, I'm happy with it. So, yeah, for me, it's perfect. Beautiful. Jamie? 
I think I'm going to have to agree with that. I really can't think of anything I would do to improve upon this film. And if I can't think of any way to improve it, then that means I must think it's perfect like it is, which means it has to be a 10. So there's that. Yeah, I'm right there. Like, like there's there's not many, you know, like like, like we're talking earlier, they, they, didn't, they didn't dumb it down. There, there's so many cartoons, especially now, like reboots of cartoons, like the reboot of the Powerpuff Girls, which is is a cartoon show that's actually near and dear to my heart. And they 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 dumbed it down for kids. Now they made a new version of that, and th- this doesn't look like a mention. The writing is there, and it's not there to patronize your kids. It's there to 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 make them think about stuff and to make the adults, even the adults, think about stuff. Because Jim, you said this is the second time you watched it, but this is probably like the sixth time I've watched it, and at least, and I, I caught new stuff. Because it's just there's just always stuff happening, and, and I, I love films mm-hmm. like that, where, where I could watch it and just kept c- catch new stuff. Like I, I never caught like the beginning part, like I mentioned before, where, where, where the gangster goes to with the seamen's shoes. I never caught the little ghost fishes that were flying around him too, like he's sleeping with the <laughs> fishes. That's, yeah, that's that's just little touches. And that's all this film is: is little touches that 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 make my heart happy. So it's tens all around, guys, and. I, I, I hope you guys want to check it out. So if you guys haven't yet, check out the whole like a catalog. So I recommend him. It's good stuff. Yeah, I have yet to be disappointed by him. I haven't seen the box trolls, but that's the only one. Well, we own that. If you know what I mean, you can check that out. So I, 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 I recommend checking it out. Cool. I will. But um, yeah, we'll be right back to uh to to close out the show, I guess, and maybe something else. I don't know, but we'll see you in a minute. Like. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I tell you, ladies and germs, that ghoul friend of mine makes me so crazy. She told me she thought she'd look good in something long and flowing. So I threw her in the Mississippi. Are you seeking discussion of horror on the small screen? Then look no further than Evil Episodes Podcast. Join your hosts, Mike Nyman, Brian Salmon. Jamie Sammons, and a large variety of guests as we break down all the favorites and not-so-favorites in horror TV. So grab a snack. Oh, wow! And of course, be sure to grab... And join us for Evil Episodes Podcast on the Horror Philly Network and Legion Network of Podcasts. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. 
Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history all popping up at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. And now for the special segment to where we, uh, well, I, I berate a certain comic hero of certain people, enemy to some, justice for Kirby, in a segment that we call, Why Not Stan Lee? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. And I don't want to get too sticky about this, we're still talking about comic books, but... I think um, we, we keep like, we keep mentioning we keep losing directors and one of the big I, I guess one of the bigger Italian ones. Not I don't think he was in the, in the big bigs, but Umberto Lenzi pa- passed away. Made such fair as Nightmare City and and lo- lo- lots of good stuff out there for free. Cannibal Ferox. Cannibal Ferox, yes. And but, those are two that I instantly think of. Yeah, Nightmare City is pretty bad but i actually really love yeah, that movie i do love that movie because it's so bad <laughs> isn't contamination his too uh i believe so yeah the, the bootleg alien film yeah yeah <laughs> oh man but i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite I'm, a few uh bootleg movies you know <laughs> i'm gonna kick it to brian because uh i don't know much about this director I, like i said the the, the foreign films in in, in the, those markets i've only seen very few of so I'll uh, I'll kick it to Brian. He'll probably have much better shit to say about Umberto Lindsay than I will. So go ahead, sir. Well, he was a prolific director. Um, I don't think he was a very good one. He tried his best, and he made enjoyable, fun films. But I, for like a technical level, if you're just talking about pure skill, I do think he you know, he was no Spielberg for sure. But yeah, he did give us stuff like or Argento, or Argento, or Fulci, even or Baba, or Baba. <laughs> um, some of my favorites are Nightmare City, just because it is so crazy. Uh, zombies running through a city, just using guns and knives and being horrible. And uh, at the end, there's a whole you know, it was a dream. Was it the dream becomes reality or something like that? They basically hit the restart button. And the whole movie begins again at the beginning, and it's just, why? Who knows? But that's just what happens. Um, he also did Cannibal Ferox, probably the second most notable cannibal film after uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, it directly tried to ride the coattails of that first movie. It's not as good as it, but if you like cannibal films, uh, you should give it a... Give it a watch. Um, oh, Ghost House. He, did he Ghost also House. did Ghost House, which... Hey, Rob, are you there? It <laughs> is. Now, that's a movie that's so bad, it's good. It is not a good movie. No. At all. But it's funny. But it's funny. It's enjoyable. Um, most noticeable, I think, in certain circles that I run in, is Little Girl Ghost, The Little Doll, Evil Doll Ghost, and a repeated bit of dialogue or music, I guess, question mark, 
where it's it just you don't know what it says, but it sounds like he keeps saying, "Hey Rob, are you there? Hey Rob, are you there?" Or as Dave Z thinks, uh, <laughs> a rock, a bear, a rock, a bear. And you can make a case for either yes. one, which is hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, a rock, a bear, hey Rob, are you there? Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, he is not a Hitchcock. Um, but he's made some enjoyable films, and the world is a bit sadder now that he's passed on. I think so, anyways. Cool. Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. I mean, he wasn't the greatest, but he did make some fun stuff. I haven't come close to seeing all of his catalog, because he made a shit ton of movies. Well, like I and, said, he was prolific. Yeah, and I haven't seen but a handful of what he's done. But the ones I've seen, I've you know, got something out of them. Most of the time, it was just the fact that they were just retardedly fun. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of sad. Cool. Yeah, I, like I said, I have no real range of things here, except for the, I know people people enjoyed the, his films for the, the same reasons you guys enjoyed them. They're a lot of so bad, they're good factors in there. And if it's a fun watch, it's a fun watch. You know, I, I'm a big advocate for trauma, and I know those films are, are garbage in most people's eyes, but there's there's some gems out there that that I just enjoy watching stupid shit, you know, because I've seen Class of Newcomb High at least eighteen times, and I watch it eighteen more times, and I know there's some so gags. There. Yeah, so there, I know there's some gags in yeah. there people don't enjoy. So, but um, I think the the the, the next and probably the, the the last heavy hitter for for this episode, I I think he's a heavy hitter because he's been there since Ivan Small is uh Robert Guillaume uh, passed away. Uh, actor. Desabata is in the past. <laughs> actor of TV and film. I'm sure stage too. I'm sure he was on the stage at some point in time too. Oh, he actually played the Phantom of the Opera on stage. Oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that was. Uh, oh God, I think it was in the '90s that he did that. Is but um, most notably known for Benson. Yeah, Benson. Yeah, yeah. In, in a show called Soap, which I, I know a lot of folks watch Soap. Oh I, yeah, I used to love that show. Yes, I never watched Soap myself. But I hear it's very funny, you know. But it is. Uh, but uh, the thing I, besides Benson that I know him most from is uh, when, when I was a kid, Lean on Me came out, and he he had a pretty him going back and forth with with uh, crazy Joe Clark, Morgan Freeman in that movie is. Uh, it's a pretty good caliber acting in that movie, and I, I, I enjoy Robert Guillaume for that, and, and a couple, few select things he did, but yeah, most prolific is, is Benson, the title character on that show. He, you're no I did not, not realize he was still acting as much as he was. Well, he worked, man. He's been, he was a busy dude. Can I be like Richard Dreyfus? you know, God bless Richard Dreyfus, but you know, once you stop working, the money starts to run out, and that, that's, that's what happened to our friend Richard Dreyfus, but... He's doing cons now, so yay! He might come to Chicago, and I'm excited about that, you know. He's doing cons? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I hope he's having a good time doing those. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him one of these days. But, uh, Robert Guillaume, not a massive loss to me, but, you know, he, he, he was, uh, he's, he was big. He, he's, like Kevin said, he was still working, so pe- people, he had that staying power to, to keep him around. And, um... 
Anybody else got any uh, things to say about Robert Guillaume? You guys, uh, now's the time. Jamie? No, I always, always liked him. He always had an air of sophistication about him that I enjoyed. What's that? Oh, he reminds me of that other actor. I can't. He's bald on top and very dapper and kind of reminds me of Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) (laughs) Is he Scottish? No. (laughs) Is he animated? No. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why he always reminds me of him, but he doesn't. I can't think of his name. (laughs) Eh, Anyway. I'm not, that's not about him anyway. Um, this is about Guillaume. I've always liked saying his name, too. Robert Guillaume. Well, it's a good one. <laughs> and I used to love Benson when yeah. I was a kid, and I loved Soap. And I think Benson was a spinoff yeah, of Soap, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, because he okay. was Benson in Soap. Right. Yeah, um, he'll always be Benson for me. But he was one of those actors. I mean, he has, like I think, 100 credits to his name. Where you'll be watching something, and then, oh, there he is. I mean, he'll just pop up in, you know, some secondary part or something. Um, Did he ever play the president in anything? He seems like someone who would play the president in something. I can't remember if he did or not. He should have. He should have. Anyways, uh, yeah, I like the guy. I used to love Benson back in the day, although, God, I haven't seen that in 20, 30 years. But, uh... He will be missed. I, I, I forgot about this because it was only the biggest movie when I was like 13 years old. And I've watched it countless times since. He played Rafiki in The Lion King. Yeah, that's ah. why I said it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Yes, it's, uh-huh. in, it's in the past, yes. Sm- <laughs> smacking Simba there with that, whatever that staff he had going on with the, yeah, it's weird. But, How uh, old was he? Oh, How ooh. old? Let's How see. old was he? All right, the screen open just now. Come on now. Technical difficulties. Born 89. In, there you go. <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. No. Wow. Good for him. And I believe uh, Umberto Lindsay was 86. Yeah, nice. This guy's probably lived long, healthy, drug-free lives, and I can't say that I'm I'm ever been drug-free. I, I'm drug-free now, but in the past, I've done some shit, people. And, you know, not to, not to be not proud of or anything, you know. But, uh... <laughs> And that's about it for that section. And um, I'm going to go into telling Brian, uh, thank you for coming on the program and all that good stuff and asking him what he has coming up. Well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, these were two very fun movies, and I enjoyed watching them again. Um, as for stuff I'm doing, well, there's the evil episodes. That's always going on. That's where we look at horror television and there's a bunch of it right now, so we're busy, busy, busy with that. Uh, rumor has it that the ABCs of Hidden Horror may actually be released sometime this year. Uh, yeah, in time for Halloween. Okay, well, I'll keep you to that. Um, seriously, that show has been kind of on hiatus because, again, we've had a hell of a year this year, and... Jamie has a new job and works a lot of hours and just this, that, and the other thing keeps getting in the way of us getting it done. But uh, hopefully we both want to get back to it and get back to it, you know, regularly. So hopefully we'll be able to do that. Uh, Another thing we'd like to get back to is a podcast we do called Dark Regions Radio. It is a 
literary horror podcast where we speak to authors, we interview them. Jamie usually does a reading of one of their works. Um, there's a bunch of news on what's being published from Dark Regions Press. If you don't know what Dark Regions Press is, you really should because they make awesome books. Um, and hell, is that it? We do have two episodes of Dude Looks Like the 80s out. That is right. I forgot about that. Uh, Jamie and I were part of a new show called Dude Looks Like the 80s, where it was just a retrospective of the 80s. So we looked at film and music and clothes and TV and celebrity and pop culture and anything else you could think of uh, regarding the 80s. That was a lot of fun. Um, we have two episodes of that out right now, and more should be coming. And oh. that was with, I said, we hope. We hope. But that was with uh, Ricky Morgan. Yes. Everyone knows Ricky. Of course. And Billy Stewart of the Scary Dad podcast. Yes. And that was a really fun show. So. I feel like I'm missing one, but oh well, that's it for me anyways. Cool. JJ, what's that coming, girl? Well, we recorded the Halloween episode of Devour the Podcast, so that should be coming out and time for Halloween, I hope. Uh, we have the final episode of The Skeleton Crew that will be dropping on Halloween, and that is the last episode ever of that show, so Aww. it's kind of sad. But, you know, people got shit to do. Gotta move on, I guess. I also did a guest spot on the Halloween episode of the VD Clinic that will be coming out, where we talked about Something Wicked This Way Comes. Um, of course, like Brian said, there's evil episodes. We've got Do Looks Like the 80s. There are two episodes of that that you can listen to, which I think it's a really fun show, and I recommend that. Uh, we have an ABC that's going to be coming out. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. I've got yeah. a lot of shows that are going to be dropping in the next couple days. That's pretty exciting. Busy, busy, busy. I'm going to be everywhere. And sometime in November, I'm going to be doing Shiflanigans on the podcast Under the Stairs, where we're going to be talking about all of the Mike Flanagan films. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to that. If anyone out there remembers when we did Micklemania, where we discussed all the Jim Mickle films, it'll be... The same thing. It's the same kind of thing. Basically, we're just going through his catalog. So, that may be it for right now. But that's a lot. So, that that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, Jamie, tell me a story. No, no, because of the reading thing <laughs> on Dark Regions Radio. Dark Regions <laughs> Press, they have many books with Brian's name on them. So, go purchase those. Books, you know. Well, yes. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. It shouldn't be a nudge, but A lot nudge. of things... A lot of good things besides, too. I'm not much of a reader, but go check out, go check them out, guys. You know, so. I'm, I'm, well, if anybody out there are gamers, then um, he just won a couple of any awards for some of his game RPGs. work for Call of Cthulhu, yeah, role playing game. So uh, check out the things we leave behind. It's been getting excellent reviews. Nice, yes, nice, nice. <laughs> Me myself, yeah, I'm here on the Sun Beef Podcast. It's not so unfortunate, right? But 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 it's not really. I I, I enjoy what I do. Uh, what's coming up next for that is I I don't know. I, I it's always up in the air at this point. But uh, uh, two minimum commentaries. And we as as of this recording, uh, this is day two of our four four or five days of uh, releases leading up to Halloween. 
I may release one on the Wednesday after two on the regular day the show comes out. But yeah, th- that includes uh, Swamp Thing, Return of Swamp Thing, uh, Night of the Creeps, and The Monster Squad on those shows leading up to Halloween. Night of the Creeps coming out last. We had a lot of great guests for those shows. Mark Ball, Lee Russell from They Must Just Be Destroyed on Sight. Uh, Gil didn't show up because Gil's busy. Gil's busy being a daddy, and he, he loves being a daddy, so he's, uh, I got I to gotta love him for that. He shows up on the Swamp Thing ones, and they, they he really shines on those. If, 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 if you know Gil's personality, it just it just comes out in, in bodily fluids and nastiness, and the stuff you love about Gil, it, it, all, it all shows up on those shows, so download those today, please. Um, sloppy Seconds, I'm about halfway done uh, editing that episode, so... Hopefully it'll be the Jason Lloyd in Jason Lloyd's grubby hands by by week's end if I if I can get it all in. Um, if it's not out before this happened, I did a interview with somebody for for their their, their independent film, who's who's Italian. I can't pronounce his name, but it, it'll be coming out. He did, did a movie called um, Loon, which is uh, it's like um, it's really hard to explain because he 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 filmed people talking in real time just doing nasty things to each other like 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 there's a drug addict in there and somebody's shoplifting and it's all it's all filmed in real time so it's like guerrilla filmmaking and it was interesting to talk to him about that for a good 40 minutes so that interview should be out as a separate entity coming on there and uh uh look for because albert pune you know god bless albert pune you know he's made a lot of stuff in the past that People would think is garbage or even questionable, but the man uh, just put, uh, got done with a film called Interstellar Interstellar Civil War, which is a a sci-fi movie, I, b- I believe, like a wasteland type movie. And the man has like b- brain brain issues to where he has seizures all the time, and he's really struggled to get this done. And it's a miracle that a guy like Albert Pune can you know, get all this done in the condition he's in. But he was gracious enough. To, to send me a screener of this film to watch, and uh, I'm, I'm going to give a nice write-up and possibly a, um, a talky review that might go on this episode of, of that film for you guys to go check out. Uh, doesn't have distribution yet, but you can go to his website in order to uh, pay for pay for a digital copy to watch that in a film that we viewed long ago on, on Sloppy Seconds called Road to Hell, which is... Uh, a surreal sequel to Streets of Fire. And I, I can say it's nothing like Streets of Fire, except it has characters from Streets of Fire in it. So it's, it's a very different kind of film if you guys have never watched it or heard the, the desire to watch it. It's, it's, it's pretty wonderful, though. But um, that's a lot of stuff. But then, uh, please and Flicks charity auction. I'm going to keep hitting this home to you guys. December 2nd and 3rd, uh, go on the website, fleasandflicks.org. To register yourself on there, because that is the only way you'll be able to bid is directly off the website this time around at fleasandflicks.org. Uh, all proceeds go to the South Suburban Humane Society. I've gotten some great stuff so far. I hope to be getting more stuff um, at a show I'm going to in a few weeks called Days of the Dead Chicago, where uh, the Soska sisters are going to be there, and you got a Hellraiser reunion that's going to be there, and... Sean Astin and Ronnie Cox from Total Recall and Deliverance and Robocop and all kinds of stuff and there's lots of lots of great people are going to be there. D. Snyder, I'm looking forward to meeting D. Snyder like like nobody's business because I was a 
I still to this day have a big Twisted Sister fan, and I think Strangeland's kind of dated, but it's there. You know? Yeah, I listen to his House of Hair show all the time. Um, it's usually on, I don't listen to the whole thing, but it's usually on when I'm on my way home early in the morning on like Saturday mornings. It's a syndicated radio show. Cool. Where basically he plays a lot of metal. Yeah. And it's fun. It's He's a... He's funny. I always liked him. So oh, Feruza cool. Balk is going to be there from The Craft and uh, other Uh-oh. stuff. I'm looking forward to meeting her. She always cancels shows. She hasn't canceled yet, so I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting her. And uh, I, I guess um, the, 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 the lady that, that, that my, my, little, my little minions call their Auntie Felissa, Felissa Rose is going to be there because we see Felissa Rose at every show, and we always go visit her. And she loves it when I bring small humans for her to interact with, and it's it's adorable. So, she's a sweetheart. She, she is. She definitely is. But um, with that, all that, all that good stuff, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it here and go follow me on Twitter or something at GW at Cinebeefcast. Join the Facebook group. Uh, if I had to say anything to the crew, you know, you guys, you guys hit a long, long run with, with some ups and downs. There've been uh-huh. some been ups and downs with me with, with 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 Alex, but we've we've always come together as as individuals and, and, and as friends. So if I can make a big sappy video for the crew and I put it on the page, and a couple of those special trolls that are on there that, that I know exist on that page say, "Hey man, you fucked with Alex all the time." It's like, yeah, but if you ask him, you know, we, we always came back together again as as with with mutual respect, you know, because we've we've come to blows, but you know, it, it's 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 never been having a long, long hatred for each other, you know. It was usually about Dan, too. Not not in a bad way, but Dan was, uh, was uh, they, they were at odds back in those days, and I defended Dan a lot, and I, I still defend Dan. Dan's a friend, and Dan had some problems, and Dan needed to fix those problems, and I think he did for the most part, so there, there's that. Yeah, things are, things are good with Dan right now. And, I mean, I... I understand you defending him, and I've never thought there was anything wrong with that. Because Dan is a good guy. I love Dan. I never stopped loving Dan. But things that happened when they did needed to happen Yeah. when they did. And I think in the end, in the long run, things went down the way they needed to. Mm-hmm. And then we all found our way back to each other, and things ended the way they needed to. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the last. Not, not, I'm, I'm looking forward to the last episode. So I, I'm looking forward to the last episode. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it bittersweetly. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. I'm, uh, I may weep a little bit though. We'll see what happens though. I'll, I'll never I'll never tell. But you know, depending on how uh, how, how the <laughs> ending goes, because I I know Jamie's gonna cry. I I, I know it's hard to ever record about. I got a feeling Jamie's gonna have a good cry at the end of that show. And uh. She'll never tell here, of course, but I'm I'm waiting for for some some genuine Jamie tears, you know. Not that I I want Jamie to cry and say. I was gonna say give, you give, give me your tears. <laughs> I want them for my power. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's um. That is a sad thing. It's a it's a show that I love doing. I always enjoyed it. Uh, Alex always knocked it out of the park with production mm-hmm. and. You know, I, I think that that our passion always came through. So it's going to be sad. To, I'm going to be sad to see it go. It was also a fun show to have 
it was like a playground because we could do whatever we wanted. And we went all over the place and played with a lot of different ideas. And that was cool. It didn't have like a very strict structure. We did all sorts of things. And that was the best part about it is you never knew what we were going to do. Yeah, I hope it leaves some time for, for Alex to want to come on. I, I think he's been, he's been on the show one time. It was long ago. I think we did a commando review with Alex. And that was before me. That was before you. Way before you. It was me, uh, I think, and Gab Chucky Steele from um, po- Podcast on Haunted Hill were on that show. And uh, we had a good time. I think we talked for like 45 minutes about Commando because Alex loves it so much. And it was just a lot of fun. And I'm hoping to get back to that for Alex to come back on the show again. And because I know he works a lot of hours like you, Jamie, and it's, it's hard to find time to do anything, you know, post production and anything. So, but um, I'm, I'm going to leave the sap here and uh, sap it up on that one. I have my retirement show, and you know, whatever. But uh, I'm always sappy. But uh, I'm gonna leave it at this and say, this is the Sin Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys next time. I thought I heard somebody cry.